are solid. I should, you know. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ugh, Denton, they're dunking mayo on donuts again. Why would you ruin such a great concept like a donut? Ugh, my my like th- my arteries inside me are just like writhing at that. Not great. PJ Glasser, Denton Day, welcome in BetMGM tonight. MGM tonight, hour number two, and uh, we're filling in for Ryan, Nick, and Tristo. We have another bowl game getting ready to start, Louisville and USC. Louisville 10-3 and this season out of the ACC, and USC with a disappointing 7-5 and five season. Of course, no Caleb Williams tonight. We got Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt on the call in San Diego, so... A lot of good stuff there. West Virginia did kick a field goal. Denton to take a 20 to 10 lead. 234 to go in the third quarter. Raptors are up 58, uh, 59 to 48 on the Wizards with 40 seconds to go in the first half as well. So we'll keep you updated on the college games going on. Then it's time to talk some NFL, though, my friend. Week 17, we have all 32 teams in action. Of course, we're going to start on Thursday night with the Browns and the Jets. And the Joe Flacco magic is the Browns are flavored by 7.5. The total at 35.5. Your thoughts on Cleveland and New York? They've been a fun team to watch. They being Cleveland. There has not been a lot of fun uh, with the New York Jets. But Joe Flacco in this, I don't know if resurgence is the right way to describe this, PJ, because it's only been four games. But the way that that team is playing for Joe Flacco, it seems like every team that Joe Flacco is on, they love him. Oh, yeah. On the field, off the field, and he's playing great. What Amari Cooper did this past weekend against the Houston Texans was nothing short of remarkable. But, P.J., what's crazy is he put up these gaudy numbers, right? Sometimes when you see receivers put up gaudy numbers, it's a lot of yaks, yards after catch. Like 255 of his total yards were through the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, Flacco is delivering the deep ball. He is the mailman right now in Cleveland, Ohio. They've been a fun team to watch. Now, that 7.5 number is big against a Jets defense that, in spite of the fact that their offense is, is terrible, I really do like their defense. But I watched that defense give up 28 points to the Commanders with Jacoby Brissett coming in in the second half this past weekend. Joe Flacco and the Browns offense, they're better than the Commanders offense right now, so I feel comfortable about them laying the 7.5. That's where I'd be leaning right now, but I think I really like the over. 34.5 is not a lot of points. It's not a lot of points. I think you can accidentally score if you're the Jets uh, offense at least a touchdown or two. So I think I might like the over, but I'm more comfortable with that 7.5 with Cleveland. All right, I'm actually going the opposite of you in both directions. I like the Jets plus seven and a half. I think this is, we're selling high right now on Cleveland. Like, we're getting Cleveland at the top of the market. Flacco mania. Everybody's wacko for Flacco right now. Weird (laughs) things happen on Thursday night. This Jets defense is great against the pass, and that's all Cleveland's doing right now with Flacco. They're just slinging it around. The fact that we're getting the hook now, I kind of like the Jets. I'm going with the New York team total under, though, at 13.5. That's the play that I like. What's crazy about the Browns this season, they have the best points per game defense at home. They only give up 13 points per game at home. They give up over 30 on the road. So it's a great defense. We all agree on that. But at home, it's night and day to what they are on the road. So I like the Jets team total under. I think they can keep it close in a low-scoring game. This has got like a 17-10 to 10 
14, 16, 10 kind of feel to it. Maybe a lot of Browns field goals, but I don't know what they're going to do with Miles Garrett. Yeah, that's that's true. Oh, that Pray. Jets, yeah, that I Jets mean, offense. I have no idea time. what they're going to. do I just with you know, Flacco as great as he's been, he's throwing for a ton of yards and touchdowns, but he's also throwing for a bunch of interceptions. Jets have a great pass defense, and you know, I just I think the Jets can keep it close. So I'll take New York plus seven and a half. I like that team total under. What about Dallas and the Lions? Cowboys favored by six and a half. The total is fifty three and a half. I like the Lions to cover the six here. Yeah, I think Dallas, people are buying into the hype with Dallas because that's what people do with the Cowboys. Everybody buys into the hype with Dallas. I don't think they're America's team anymore. I think that moniker is way, way outdated. But I understand why people feel that way. The thing is, Dallas doesn't beat a ton of good football teams. They beat the bad teams. They beat some average teams. They don't beat a ton of good football teams. I think the Lions are a good football team. So while I think Dallas might still win this game, I don't think they're going to blow Detroit out of the water. Detroit does have a good offense. So I think they can kind of go, you know, drive for drive with Dallas if it does come come to that. So I like the Lions to cover the six here. Favorite play in this game is Dallas team total over 29 and a half. They've scored 30 or more points at home in all their games this season, and they're going up against that Lions pass offense that just gave up 400 yards through the air to Nick Mullins. So, yeah, I'll take Dallas. We're getting them off two losses. I like Dallas laying the six as well, and this is just all about the spot, Denton. I think normally I would be on your side, but we're getting the Lions off of an emotional win. As emotional of a win as a team can have, you win your first division title in 30 years. Those players know what that mean, what that means to the city of Detroit. Jared Goff was crying in his post-game interview. Aiden Hutchinson is choking up. Like, they were so happy. There's a weight off of their shoulders, finally winning the division. Now they got to turn around and play a Dallas Cowboys team that's pissed off because they've lost their last two games. Everybody's telling them what a fraud they are. They can't win on the road, but they're back at home. I know they've played a lot of bad teams at home, but you know what? They demolished the Eagles at home. They put up 40-plus on the Seahawks at home. So We might have to have a conversation about Philadelphia. Oh, believe me. I think they are frauds. I think Nick Sirianni is the most overrated coach in the NFL. What are your thoughts on that? In the NFL, I can't think of one that that comes Maybe to mind. Maybe there's that's one, more but overrated. he's certainly in the top three, isn't he? He's he's on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah. I mean, we love some Mount Rushmores in sports talk radio. He's on the Mount Rushmore for sure. I think they have a good offense still, but that defense, oh. the back end of that defense is terrible. Terrible. No, they can't I run. Oh, we're gonna get to that game in a little bit. In a little bit, but let's get to Bills Patriots first. Buffalo Lane twelve. The total is forty and a half. Like Buffalo in this game, too, Denton. I'd lay the 12 with them. Last week was the week to get Buffalo. That was the letdown game because they had so many big games in a row. Philadelphia, Kansas City, Dallas. They were playing good team after good team. Their season was on the line. But now the AFC playoff picture around them is starting to shape up. Teams that they need to lose are starting to lose. They got themselves solidly in the sixth spot. They're favored by almost two touchdowns against New England. Really like them. It's up to 13 now. Anything under 14, I like the Bills. When the Bills are right, we know that they beat the crap out of bad teams. And I think most people would agree right now, the Bills are right. They're rolling. They got a running back in James Cook. Offense is clicking. And we're getting the Patriots off of a huge road win in Denver, right? So they're feeling good about themselves. The Bills barely escape against the Chargers. The Patriots have a big upset win against Denver. Give me Buffalo. They're going to win this game by 20, Den. I agree with everything you just said, except for that last part, and I have the Patriots covering the 12. There's something about this Bill Belichick team. One, I tend to shy away from double-digit lines in the NFL. They become way more prevalent as gambling has expanded. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but I tend to stay away from those kind of lines. And this Bill, like Bill Belichick, I just I cannot bet that he's going to get blown out. I can bet that he's going to lose. And trust me, we have seen them get absolutely dominated this season, right? Like that—that that is not a good football team by any stretch of the imagination. But it's something about these divisional games where he always kind of finds a way to at least keep it close. They're not going to beat Buffalo again. They already have this year. They're not going to beat them again. That's not going to happen. But I do think they'll at least keep it a little close. I understand the hype surrounding Buffalo, PJ. I really do. But I do find them to be kind of in that category where you placed Cleveland, where it feels like everybody is on the train with Buffalo, right? Like everybody is jumping all aboard. I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. Think they're good. Pumping the brakes a little bit. That 12 is too big of a number for me, so I'm staying away from it. All right, fair enough. I'm staying away from this next game, Bears and Falcons. I really have no read on it. It feels like whenever the Falcons go on the road, I never want to touch them. I like them much better with Heineke on the road than I do with Ritter. Bears are playing good football, though, you know, and ever since they traded for Montez Sweat, man, their defense has been playing well. Fields is playing good. Their offense is starting to click. And anytime you get a dome team going outside, playing in Chicago in late December, yeah, no thanks. So it, it just feels a little too easy with Bears minus three. Like, it's just, it does. Atlanta's been one of my most profitable teams this season. Like, when I bet on them, they make me money. When I fade them, they make me money. <laughs> I've had a pretty good read on them this season. And this game, I just, I don't. I, I don't know what to do with it, so I'm staying away. The amount of 2022 nostalgia that's going to be coursing through my veins when Montez Sweat ultimately sacks Taylor Heineke is something that I've been preparing for this entire week and how I respond to it. I will never outrun Taylor Heineke, it (laughs) seems. He is just going to follow my sports talk radio host life wherever it is I go. I like the Bears in this one. I think they've been playing way better football since they got Montez Sweat. Don't think that's a coincidence. He's a pretty good player. But I think their offense is starting to kind of come around a little bit. They're going to be faced with a really interesting decision on what they should do this offseason with Justin Fields and Caleb Williams. My anticipation is that this week, Fields is going to make that conversation at the very least a little more difficult. I think he performs well this weekend. All righty. Colts and Raiders next game up. Indianapolis favored by three and a half. The total is sitting at 44. Another team total over that I like in this game, Denton, is Colts over 23 and a half points. In every game but three this season, Indianapolis has gone over 20 points. That Raiders defense under Antonio Pierce has been playing much better, but after that great performance against the Chiefs and then a short week, I think they used up a lot of energy in that game. The Colts are only coming off a performance where they scored 10 points against Atlanta, so... Give me the Colts team total over. I do kind of like the Raiders plus the points, though, man. There's something about Antonio Pierce and the vibe right now against the Raiders. And please, can the Raiders not make the same mistake twice? You did it with Rich, <laughs> you did it with Rich Bisaccia. The Panthers did it with Steve Wilkes. Don't make this mistake. You're paying John Gruden. You're paying Josh McDaniels way too much money. Antonio Pierce has earned this job. He has earned it. Give him the head coaching job. I think that win against Kansas City last week kind of sealed it for him. But uh, those Raiders, man, I think they continue to play hard for him. I like them to keep it close, but that Colts team total over is my favorite play. And the Colts are fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, they are. Both teams. I mean, both, yeah, team, both teams are technically shot, are. Yeah, certainly the Colts. Yeah, the, the Colts right now, if the playoffs started today, they own the tiebreakers. That would make them the seventh seed. So I do think there's going to be a bit more of a passion that you're going to see played with. I like Garner Minshew. He's very hot and cold. I mean, he is the definition of Katy Perry, right? Like one week, he's really, really good. The other week, you're like, please, dude, get off the field. Well done. He, he's he's all over the place, but I think he's going to have a good performance. But man, I'll tell you what, I, I'm with you. I can't bet against the Raiders right now. There's every single season, 
there's one storyline, one particular team that you feel like starts to kind of defy Vegas a little bit. Ironically, this year it is Vegas and it's Antonio Pierce. I think I like the Raiders to cover the three and a half here. And plus 150, if you want to be bold, take them on the money line. I think they're playing with a, a passion that you can't you can't make up. They have lightning in a bottle right now, and you might as well ride the wave until it crashes. All right, so Denton likes a possible upset there. This game is my upset of the week. Give me the New York Giants plus 4.5, plus 180 on the money line to upset the Rams. This thing opened at 6.5. It's down to 4.5, Denton. We know the public ain't betting the Giants, right? They're going right. to bet the Rams, who's been looking really, really good. So that's sharp professional money coming in. In on the Giants. And folks, think about what you've seen at MetLife this season, right? Think about whether it's been the Jets, the Giants. Think about how many teams have gone in there and looked terrible on offense. Look at what the Texans look like against the Jets. The Chiefs just squeaked out of there with the win. The Eagles lost. We saw the Packers on Monday night against the Giants. They lost as big favorites. So there's something about MetLife, especially when we're getting a team in the Rams. It's got to travel across the country. Dome weather team going into New Jersey late December. This is a tricky game, and it's a tricky kind of middle game for them. This could be a sandwich spot with the Saints game this past week, which was huge for the wild card. You got the Niners on deck. We know that's a huge game. A lot of people right now, Denton, are liking the Los Angeles Rams as a trendy possible sleeper pick in the NFC. You and I have both watched enough sports and watched enough NFL to know when people are hyping a team, when they're building them up, that's when you fade them. People are loving this Rams team. This is when you fade them. If this was Tommy DeVito, I wouldn't like it. But with Tyrod <laughs> Taylor, I do like it. Dable's going to create a good game plan. Give me the G-Men plus the four and a half. I'm really intrigued to see how Sean McVay counteracts Wink's Mar- Wink Martindale's I'm going to blitz the living daylights out of you for the entire game. Ugh. I just have a mayo oh, bath. The mayo it's bath. Disgusting. God bless it. I'm staying away from this game, though. I just I don't really have a great feel for it. I still like the Rams. I think they're a good football team. I don't love the Giants that much, but there is something about that Wink Martindale defense, man. If he gets you on the right day, they're going to make your life a living hell. So I'm going to I'm gonna stay away from this one. All right, fair enough. What about Eagles and Cardinals? You were talking about that Eagles defense. I'm going over. Doesn't it feel like the Eagles score 30 and the Cardinals score 20 in this game? Like, if the Eagles are playing against a competent quarterback, which they will be in Kyler Murray, I think they're going to give up points. And that Arizona defense, I mean, we just watched San Francisco go up and down the field on them. I think Philadelphia is going to do the same thing. This game's got like 34-24, 34-21 written all over it. I don't want to touch the spread, but I like the over 48 has there been more of an afterthought in the nfl than the cardinals maybe it's just me i just don't care about them this season like kyler murray came back and i thought i was going to be you know way more invested let's see what this offense looks like i just they they to me this season they're kind of boring yeah which is weird because kyler murray's an exciting player i like the eagles in this one that 10 and a half is a pretty big number but i don't know if the cardinals have anybody that can cover aj brown and i think the final couple weeks of the season The Eagles are going to rely heavily on DeAndre Swift, and you're going to see a heavy dosage of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They don't have guys that can cover them, so I think the Eagles win this one big. All right, very nice. Uh, The USC defense, Denton, still not good. Still not good. Louisville opening possession right down the field for a touchdown. Maybe his knee was down, so we'll see. Maybe it's third and goal upcoming. For Louisville, as we get a look right here, Ooh, it's going to be tough to overturn. They called a touchdown. West Virginia also punched it in to go up 27-10. That UNC plus six is looking dead. We'll keep you posted on bowl season. Talk some more NFL Week 17 coming up. P.J. Glasser, Denton Day, BetMGM tonight. 
It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Quantify my statement there. But looking at that game against the Texans, in which the Texans actually had C.J. Stroud, because that's the other thing Mm -hmm. about the AFC South. Now the Jags look like they have a clean pathway because the Texans don't have C.J. Stroud, although the Texans did win over the weekend against my Titans. So I'm not sure. I always want to believe in the Jags because there's been years past where they have played the Chiefs closely. And, you know, sometimes their defense over the past decade has really got them, uh, you know, into some big games, notably those years that they had Blake Bortles at the helm. But still, I don't know. I feel like the Jags are one of those teams that, I don't know, they're just meh. Yes, sir. If he's a game manager, Uh what is Russell Wilson? Oh, he's a game destroyer. Uh, game destroyer. He's a game, he's a game destroyer. Just ask Sean Payton. I mean, he's, yeah. you, you saw what Sean felt about uh, about Russell after that offside play uh, there there late in the game. Oh yeah. Oh no. Russell Wilson is a is a game destroyer, and uh, and Zach Wilson takes the game out of the you know like back. Remember, kids, there was a time you had to put the game in the into console. the machine, yeah. into your PlayStation or your Nintendo. You had to put it in. He takes it out, smashes it on the ground a few times. And then just looks at you like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Because that's what happened with the New York Jets today. I don't know what you get for Justin Fields, though, right? It's what, whatever a team is willing to pay. I mean, that's, yeah, the Fields You get bears, a second-round pick? I can't get it. You're going to get a first-round pick for Justin Fields? I don't think so. No, second, I would think. Second, third. I mean, it's the big unknown. Like, Chicago controls, they control so much. Because, like you said, they're going to have the number one pick in what they decide to do. I just cannot see them two straight years sticking with Justin Fields instead of trying to go and get their quarterback. We both agree we think Fields could turn out to be a really good player, but I don't know, JP. I mean, if Drake May or Caleb Williams turns out to be an absolute monster like most think he will, I mean, they're going to they're gonna regret that forever. So even if – The thing about it is it's like the whole bird in hand thing, right, is that you kind of know what you have with – certain guys like justin Fields, sam Howell, and it's 50 percent at best for even the top picks so we kind of know going in drake may caleb williams one of those guys is probably gonna bust right right that's what we're seeing right now with cj stroud and bryce young and it's just the history of it you can go through the drafts like one of two is probably gonna bust holding a Bengals minus three ticket holder and I was live on air and the emotional swings that you see as oh, a sports better. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, and this is over. I was like, oh, wait, we have life. Oh, wait, this is interesting. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and I was so happy to have pushed. I've never been more excited to <laughs> make no money before. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was an little. emotional yeah. roller coaster, but it was so fun. It was a perfect game to remind you of two things. One, why you're a fan of football, and two, why you're a fan of sports betting.
We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM tonight, PJ Glasser, Denton Day, live from the BetQL studios in Washington, D.C. We're filling in for Ryan, Nick, and Trista, who will be back tomorrow. We got two games currently going on in bowl season right now. West Virginia's up 27 to 10. They just got a fourth down stop. North Carolina went for it deep in their own territory. So West Virginia's got a thing, uh, has got a chance to really break this thing open. And then Louisville with a touchdown on their opening drive, take a 7-0 lead against USC. And uh, the Trojans coming back out for their second possession of the game thus far. But uh, Neil Brown, what what have your impressions been of Neil Brown in Morgantown this year, Den? As you know, it was a <laughs> hot, hot seat heading into the season, but it looks like he's going to have his team to 9-4. and four. And now with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12, maybe West Virginia thinks, you know what? Maybe we can make some noise in the Big 12. I mean, year. nobody's had a better year relative to expectations than him. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be fired by like week four according to most people that cover that league and that cover that team for a living. And the way that he's turned the ship around, you believe, again, in Morgantown, right? Like, you believe in WVU that moving forward in the new-look Big 12 Conference, you could be a legitimate player with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. So I think they should be thrilled with what they've been able to accomplish this season. I think he should be thrilled with what they've been able to accomplish this season. And it just goes to show that sometimes you never quite know, right? I, I bet he thought his team was pretty good this year, but we clearly had no idea. And he should he should be very proud that he was able to prove a bunch of us wrong. Man, you weren't kidding. Those kids really did chug that mayo. It's disgusting. Oh. It's, Dan Mullen is inhaling literally every kind of food at a stadium. I think it's doused nacho, in mayo. Yeah, I think it's nachos with mayo on it. Yes. Not, nachos are literally a borderline, if done correctly, perfect food. Why would you douse them with mayonnaise? Yeah, that's oof. Louisville almost with a pick six, incomplete pass, second oh. and ten. Eight minutes to go in the first quarter in that game. Cardinals up seven to nothing. Saints and Bucks, Denton, massive game on Sunday. How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What about Baker? How about the Bake Show? They were four and seven, Denton. They were four and seven. Now they're eight and seven. They won four straight. Baker's playing great. Mike Evans is playing great. Defense is getting better. They're two and a half point favorites at home, though, against the Saints. This is a trap line. The line is telling you to bet New Orleans. I think the Saints in a teaser play is the way to go as uh, USC has a huge play down Louisville 24-yard line. I think the Saints in a teaser is the way to go, plus 8.5. I think the way I'm going to bet this game, though, is I'm just going to bet it live because I don't really want to lay 2.5 with Tampa. I certainly don't want to take the Saints 2.5. Maybe the Saints go up early. We can get a plus money number with Tampa. Maybe we can get them like plus 3.5 or something like that. Or the opposite, we can get the Saints over a touchdown. But if you want to play the game at the starting line, I think the Saints in a teaser would be the way to go. Also, take Mike Evans' overs. Look at the last three games, what that guy's done at home. He's gone over 140 or more yards in two of those games. He just had a two-touchdown game against Jacksonville. Mike's been cooking in Tampa. So take Mike Evans, take the teaser with the Saints, and then I just, I'd just i bet the game live. That's what I'm going to do. I can't bet on the Saints. The Derek Carr experience has oh, been a brutal God, one. Terrible. The Baker Mayfield experience has been shockingly brilliant. Yeah. Now, I want all network executives to chill out with this wonderful idea that's popped into their head. Oh, my God. They've won three games in a row. They might go to the postseason. What is it? Four games in a row. They might go to the postseason. Let's put Baker back in TV commercials. Chill. 
We're not doing that. We're not there yet. Baby steps. But with that said, the way that he's been able to kind of revitalize his career, you know, it's funny, PJ. We were just talking about Neil Brown of West Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. A guy that was counted out by a lot of people. He's done. Can't work in, in the in the Big 12, right? He's been able to make it work. Baker Mayfield in a very similar position in the NFL. He's done. Hasn't worked out in Cleveland. Didn't work out in Carolina. The Rams, it kind of worked out, but then not really worked out. He's done. But the way that he's completely revitalized his career, and I would say that he has revitalized his career in Tampa Bay, my guess is that he's going to be the quarterback at least for the next couple of years moving forward in that organization. They're a team that I can believe in. They're again, offensively, they're a team that I can believe in. We're seeing some of the best football that Baker Mayfield has played. And I think that's very, very impressive. I like the Bucks to cover the two and a half, to lay the two and a half there in that one. I just, as much as I love Derek Carr, the person, because I feel like he's one of the nicer dudes you're going to come across mm -hmm. in the NFL. Hot damn, Derek Carr, the quarterback, at least in New Orleans, has been tough to watch. Baker has more touchdowns and less interceptions than Patrick Mahomes this season. Shout out to our guy Grant in Chicago with an excellent stat right there. Gives you an idea at uh, what a great year Baker Mayfield has had. 38-yard field goal for USC. I don't think that's good. Wow. Miss. Did you see the English on that thing? Looked like it was going right down the middle, and it just took a sidewind and hook. It looked like one of my golf shots. You got to see. It looks like the USC yeah. intramural look, football look, team. Look at this kick. I mean, that looked like my golf shot. It just thing just sliced to the right. That's no good. Meanwhile, West Virginia, their uh, field goal attempt, they decided to fake it, Denton, and uh, they went 20 yards to make it a first and goal. So, so how about a lefty kicker? Lefty kicker. All right. Put it yeah. on for the left-handed. Little like English. It. So it remains 7-0 in Louisville. 49ers are at your commanders <laughs> this week. They're laying 13 and a half. We'll see if it's going to be Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold. We know that it's going to be Jacoby Brissett. Before we get into the game, I think I saw a video of you on Twitter actually wanting to see this. So now that it has happened, are you happy that Rivera is going with Brissett? I mean, yeah, I don't really have a choice at this point. The Sam Howell experience is... Yeah, you know he's not, he's not the guy. It's it's over and done with, yeah. right? And at this point, Washington needs to move forward and kind of figure out who do we actually want on the team moving forward. And the offensive line in particular, so much has been said, PJ, about this offensive line because Sam Howell takes a ton of sacks. A lot of those sacks are self-imposed. I'm very curious against a good defense in San Francisco to see how many times they get to Jacoby Brissett, if they get to Jacoby Brissett, because it should change a lot of people's minds if they don't get to Jacoby Brissett. Now, this number is massive, PJ. It's 13. San Francisco's on the road. So if that was at home, that'd be nearly a 20-point line, mm -hmm. which if you think about that for more than a second, a 20-point line in the NFL is bonkers. Bonkers. With that said... <laughs> I would take I San Francisco would say, to cover it. I would, take, I would take them to cover it. Washington's defense can't stop us. I mean, we could line up there, and we might be able to get a couple of yards, right? Like, imagine what they're going to do against an angry San Francisco that just got embarrassed by your Baltimore Ravens in what was supposed to be the biggest game of the season to this point. You got an angry San Francisco with playmakers all across the board, and you look at this Washington defense, they can't pressure your quarterback, and they have nobody that can cover anybody. Debo Samuel, going to go crazy. Brandon Ayuk. Gonna go crazy. Brock Purdy might throw for eight touchdowns in this game. It'll get him right back on the track for being MVP. Then let's take a look at some of the elite offenses that Washington has played this season, and I'm going to tell you the point totals that they have given up to said teams. 37 to the Bills, 34 to the Eagles, 38 uh, to the Eagles. Hold on, that, uh, that 38 to the Eagles. 
If not for two turnovers in the red zone, it would have been 50. Please continue. There you go. 45 to Dallas, 45 to Miami, 28 to the Rams, which also was helped by some turnovers. Miami could have put 60 if they really wanted so to. They what I'm basically nice. saying is that San Francisco just got embarrassed on national television. They're going up against the worst defense in football. They're probably going to score 40 points in this game. Do you at home think that Washington gets into the mid to 20s to low 30s? Because I don't. Against Twi- that defense. 20s, maybe. Jacoby Brissett has got this offense looking capable, which for the past couple of weeks, Sam Howell has not. And he's actually thrown to the good wide receivers, which for the final few weeks of the season that we've seen Sam Howell, he is not. So I do think they can score 20. And I think San Francisco's defense is a little bit more vulnerable uh, this season than what we've seen in years past. Now it is a revenge game for Chase Young. I don't know how many snaps he'll actually play, but it's a revenge game for Chase Young. But I do think they could score. They could score 20. San Francisco's team total over is 30 and a half. Absolutely love the over there, and I'm with you. I'd take the Niners minus 13. I think they're going to let off some steam on the Commanders because, look, now they have no more room for air for the number one seed. They better keep winning because if they trip up, Detroit, Philadelphia, if they win, they're going to uh, they're gonna snag that from them. So I like the Niners this week laying that big number. Next up, the Jags and the Panthers. Tricky game to bet because we don't really know who's playing quarterback for Jacksonville. They're favored by six and a half. The over-under is 38. I bet Carolina a couple weeks ago against Atlanta. Promised myself I just wouldn't do that again. It's not fun. Then it's not fun. I wouldn't wish that experience on anybody. Jacksonville is struggling. They've lost four in a row. Three-way tie for the AFC South with Indianapolis and the Texans. They're just not a good team right now. Trevor Lawrence is not playing good football at all. Their defense is banged up. Their secondary is not good. And maybe Bryce Young and the Panthers found something last week against the Packers. They scored 30 points. Maybe they're getting a little bit of confidence. I mean, you want to talk about a stay-away game. There's no chance I'm touching this game with a 10-foot pole. Yes, stay, (laughs) stay, stay away. If you don't know what Trevor Lawrence is playing or not, it'd be unwise to bet on this game. And even if he is playing, PJ, I mean, he's dealing with every injury in the world right now. Like, there's no way you can be confident in this team as bad as – Carolina is. There's no way you can be confident. But with that said, Carolina's pretty darn bad. It's like I can't be confident in them either. Right. This is a sit on the sidelines and watch. USC, by the way, got a uh, fumble recovery right after that missed field goal. So they're in the red zone right now, but they have a third and seven coming up against Louisville five minutes to go in the first quarter. West Virginia, I did not see. Did they punch it in then? No, they got a field goal. So they, they, lead, field goal. they lead 30 to 10 over North Carolina. Ravens and Dolphins, game of the week in the NFL. The Ravens win. They clinch the number one seed in the AFC. The Dolphins win. Then they jump up to the number one seed in the AFC with the chance to clinch it in uh, Week 18 with a Ravens loss or a Dolphins win against the Bills. Den, I hate to say it, this is my favorite bet of the week, the Miami Dolphins plus the points. I got it plus four. I like it anything over three. I mean, we, this is, isn't this just not classic NFL? We all watch the Ravens just absolutely annihilate San Francisco, right? Everybody thinks they're the best team in the NFL. They probably are right now. I love the Ravens on the road, though. They're the best road team in the NFL. They've only lost one game on the road this season. That's what they do on the road. At home, though, I don't like them as much. Think about what the Ravens have done at home this season. They played week one against C.J. Stroud in his first career NFL game, right, before Stroud really got going. They lost to the Colts at home. They lost to the Browns at home. They were losing to the Bengals before Joe Burrow got hurt. They played NFC teams against the Lions and the Seahawks. We know Lamar dominates the NFC. They got fortunate to beat the Rams at home as well. 
Lamar Jackson in his career as a favorite at three or more points at home is not very good against the spread. This game terrifies me because everybody's talking about Lamar for MVP, how great the Ravens are against good teams. People are talking about how bad the Dolphins are on the road against good teams. It's just the perfect storm. This is how the NFL works. The Dolphins could be the only play. They're probably going to win this game outright, but I like Miami. I, I do kind of like Miami in, the, in this one. I appreciate you for doing the emotional hedge route. I also just saw on television with USC and Louisville. I completely forgot that Cliff Kingsbury is on this USC staff. And for whatever reason, that made me. That yeah, they just scored me. a touchdown to, uh, to tie it up at seven. It, it popped me seeing him on the sidelines. Uh, the thing that I'm most curious about, because the Ravens defense against San Francisco is suffocating, right? Mm-hmm. Like their defensive secondary is one of, if not the best in the NFL. But I'm fascinated to see how they match up with Tyreek Hill and his speed. Because it's one thing to play really stout defense and your coverage is just so great, but you you can't teach speed. And Tyreek Hill has that ability to just burn you. So I'm curious to see how they play him. Are they going to attempt to be physical with him at the line of scrimmage? And how does that impact the the true back end where if he beats him at the the point of physicality and just runs by everybody, what does that mean? So... Uh, this is that that to me is the most intriguing matchup. How are they? How is that defense going to stand with Miami's offense? Because Baltimore is going to score against Miami. Uh-huh. Miami's defense is it, it to me is an it's a it's a middle of the road defense. It does just enough to where if their offense is rolling, they're a tough team to beat. Right, right. you're just not going to be able to do it. But if you can stifle the offense a little bit, they're going to be able to score a lot of points against this Miami defense. So I like the over in this one. It's 47. I'm leaning I'm leaning in that direction. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. If this is a, a 34 to 31 kind of a game here, I'm not shocked by that at all. I really, really, really like the Dolphins in this game if Kyle Hamilton doesn't play. Like, Kyle Hamilton yes. might be the best safety in football. He means so much to the Ravens and how the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, uses him in all the versatile ways. So... Watch for that injury news. And then also Jalen Waddell. I think they've already said that it's almost highly unlikely he doesn't play, but that's obviously going to be a big loss for the Dolphins as well. But I like Miami plus the points. Texans and Titans. Houston is now favored by five against the Titans. C.J. Stroud looking more and more like he is going to play. The total is 43. What are you doing in Texans and Titans? Oh, now it's back down to four and a half. I don't know. If C.J. Stroud plays, I think they're in a good spot. But the allure of Houston, to me, has weared off a little bit. They were a really fun story a couple weeks ago. C.J.'s balling. We're having conversations. Is he an MVP? Are they going to get to the playoffs? And they still could get to the playoffs. I think the MVP conversation has died down a little bit, which is what happens when you miss a couple of games here. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't feel great about this Texans team moving forward just because there's a bunch of injuries to guys not named C.J. Stroud. So I would probably stay away from this one. It, it just It's not moving me. Nah, Titans-Texans games are always usually pretty close. Titans usually playing pretty well. Stroud, like you said, even if he comes back, right, is there going to be some rust? Is he going to be himself? Like, there's just too many unknowns for me. I've backed the Titans the last couple weeks. I mean, they should have won the game against Seattle last week. So, I I just don't know if this Titans team has anything left in the tank. Ryan Tannehill's still terrible. Just not a team I uh, I want to back at all. So that game is a stay away for me. We got four games left. Steelers, Seahawks, Chargers, Broncos, Bengals, Chiefs, Packers, Vikings. We will talk about that on the other side of the break. Also, look at some futures. We're going to do a little would you rather on a Wednesday. PJ Glasser, Denton Day, BetMGM tonight. Louisville with a little trickeration on the kickoff. And uh, not going to work out for him. Great. Thank <laughs> you. 
We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. All right, hit us on your thoughts on Josh Allen. Well, just like we're not going to do like the full MVP stuff today, probably, but, but we should talk about it a little bit when we do San Francisco and, and Baltimore. We'll obviously talk about it a bunch, probably. But just, uh, you know, like there's, look, I this time of year, all I'm doing is just listening. Like uh, the time for me thinking is kind of past. And it's just like, all right, like the, the, the papers are due, the tests are due. Like what's everybody's answer? And like, what are they saying? And whether you like this answer or not, and you're listening, I kind of think this is where we're at. Uh, I think a lot of people, and I think that trickles down to people who vote, think that if Josh Allen wins the next three games, he's going to win most valuable player. And it's just worth keeping in mind that this is the first game. So again, Brock Purdy's price was going to, told you three weeks ago, he's the price most likely to drop. Look at the schedule. He's the safest case to make. And huge win Seattle, huge win Arizona. Those were expected by the market. Now what's expected by the market? Like, are, is there, are there any like auto wins coming up for any of the candidates? Well, Brock Purdy doesn't have one anymore. They're playing Baltimore on Christmas night. That is not a coin flip game. It is a still a, like a potential win for the Niners, but this isn't like 13, 14 against Arizona. And so if you're like, all right, like, is there a, someone who can gain momentum? And you already see a bunch of people, like prominent media people tweeting, if Allen, anybody can be ahead right now. If Allen wins all three, he wins. Okay. This is game number one. They're 11 and a half against the Chargers. They host the Patriots the week after. Host them. What's that number? Great. You're already in the last week of the season. They're playing Miami for the division title. So just like, again, if people, I'm just listening. And people, a lot of people seem to start to be saying, oh, that's a terrible sentence. A lot of people seem to be saying he wins the three. You know what that three. sentence was? abominable a lot of people seem to be making this case like i i wish i was on it earlier but like you got just listen like people are saying this already and like i I'm, if you bet brock purdy or you think you should win be mad i'm just telling you what people are saying i don't think this who cares what i think i'm just telling you that's what a lot of people seem to be saying and uh and so I, I think it makes it like an interesting insight for thursday is like is josh allen's mvp price should it just be a three, like a three leg parlay of them to win the three games? And if so, what is the right price for that in that market? Is that really what it is? Which we talked about last week a little, and we'll talk about more on Thursday. I don't know what's happening here. What do we do? So before all the action started on Sunday morning, all the newsmakers were out there. Aaron Rodgers expected to be clear to play this week and then the jets get blanked and um they're eliminated from the playoffs so now what has this always been in only if they make or are alive for the playoffs situation i don't know yeah. about that with the ego involved and they'll play it off as saying well it 
you know, it's more time actually on the field in this offense, moment, carry over momentum than next year, more work with Garrett Wilson, who we know is going to be there. And Rogers out to prove, Hey, I am going to be back next season. It's not just, um, it's not just me. And, it, and there's going to be questions about retirement in the off season. I guess there's motivation there, but at some point the parents have to step in and say, no, this is idiotic, but Rogers is running the organization. They let him do whatever he wants. He tells the GM mm -hmm. who's coming in. So I don't know. I'm, I don't really care much about it, but it is possible that that's what this line is saying, that, that it is a real possibility, even though the Jets are eliminated, that he could be playing on Sunday. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Big first down conversion there for Louisville at midfield on fourth and one to move the chain. 7-7 game in the Holiday Bowl, USC and the Cards. West Virginia, under three minutes to go. They have the ball first and 10, up 30-10. to 10. So the Mountaineers going to get the win and going to win get the cover. The under is going to hit. And uh, Neil Brown gets uh, really... Good season for Neil Brown in West Virginia, 9-4. and four. Nothing celebrates a good season like getting mayonnaise dumped on you. That's exactly right. He's going to get that soon. Then we got four NFL games left. Seahawks home against the Steelers. Seattle favored by 3.5. Total is 41.5. What are you doing in this game? I like Pittsburgh in this one. I come to cover the 3.5. I'm indifferent about Seattle. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're, they're not. They're not. The Seahawks and the Rams, fittingly, are in the same discussion for me in terms of teams in the NFC where they could be really good. They could also completely rip your heart out. So I like the Steelers to cover. Their offense seems to be rolling a little bit. And look, let's be honest, Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing season, people. He, he just doesn't do it. So I think eventually they're going to get to a spot where he is going to, uh, to keep his head above water. I like the Steelers, too. Look at what the AFC North has done to the NFC West this season. San Francisco's got four losses. Three of those are to the North. Best division in football. I think they prove that again on Sunday. Broncos and Chargers. Zach Bai is going to join us at the top of next hour to talk about the Russell Wilson news. But with Jared Stidham starting Denton, that is now down to minus three. The total is 37.5. So with Stidham and the line falling, does that make you like the Broncos? Now? You're a sicko if you bet this game. <laughs> you are a sicko if you bet this football game. I'm staying away from it. It might be entertaining. I'm not putting my money on the line for that entertainment. I can't I can't look at this one. Probably for the best. What about Kansas City minus seven against the Bengals? Does that feel like too many points? No, I don't think it does. Eventually, Kansas City is going to get right. I don't know when, but eventually they're going to get right. Cincinnati's offense can't score. And Kansas City's defense has been pretty good. So eventually you would think that their defense in Cincinnati would break. 
to start allowing points. So I actually like the Chiefs to cover this 7.5, to lay the 7.5. I think a lot of people are going to take the approach uh, that you just mentioned where Chiefs are playing bad, don't trust them. You see all these Mahomes comparison numbers to guys like Baker, to guys like Russell Wilson. If you haven't seen that uh, Russell Wilson comparison, just look at his liked tweets because he liked a bunch of tweets comparing his numbers to Patrick Mahomes after the news of him getting benched. With all that, though, I I like the Chiefs in this one. I think you're going to see him get right a little bit and uh, man, I was hoping this game was going to be a good one, PJ, at the start of the season. I was hoping we were getting Joey B and Patty Mahomes, and man, we're not getting that one. Well, you would think we're getting those two because Nance and Romo were calling this game instead of Ravens-Dolphins. I digress, though. I'm not mad about it or anything. I would probably lean towards the Bengals plus seven against Chiefs. I just think it's too many points. I, again, I think you're right. The Chiefs eventually are going to get right. I just don't I just don't want to try and figure out when that is. You know, Bengals season are on the line. They have to win this game. No Jamar Chase, which hurts. I think Browning bounces back though, has a good performance. Wouldn't it's probably not gonna be an official play for me, but if I had to make it, I'd probably take the Bengals plus seven. And then Sunday night football, Vikings and the Packers. Love the Packers in a teaser plus eight. I think Perrin liked the Packers with the with the Saints. Like those are some good teaser options this week. I, I don't I don't love the game. I mean, I think Minnesota is the better team, but I like Jordan Love more than I like Nick Mullins. I think both coaches are comparable. I think I like KOC a little better. Um, I I think I'm just going to take the Packers in a team. Yeah, I I like the Packers in this one. I'm way more confident about them because of their quarterback situation. I didn't think I was going to like Jordan Love uh, a ton this year. There was that weird little dip in the season where they just weren't playing well, but that seemed to correct a little bit. And I I think with the loss of TJ Hawkinson, I don't know how good this Vikings offense can be. So I like the Packers in this one. All right, fair enough. It is time now for a Would You Rather Wednesday. It's now time to play Would You Rather with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Oh, that is beautiful. We're going to bring in our handsome producer. There he is, Luke Matrenko, for the first so time handsome. tonight. There he is. Yeah, get Luke, the crush out your eyes, Luke. Come on. Uh, Luke, talk to us. What do you like? Uh, so, guys, we're playing a little game, Would You, would you Rather. Want to start out with some uh, some coaches in the NFL for Coach of the Year? Uh, who would you guys rather have, Dan Campbell or Kevin Stefanski, right now? Den, for me, this is an easy one, man. It's got to be Kevin Stefanski, a plus one seventy five. I don't understand why Dan Campbell is a top of this market. I know it's a narrative award. People love the man. He was featured on Hard Knocks. It's a great story. I get all that. The Lions were favored to win the division. This shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that they won the division. Now, if maybe they get the one seed, we can have a conversation. But the Lions were favored to win it. They were minus money to win it. He's not doing anything out of the ordinary. The Detroit Lions are one of the hottest teams in the NFL to end last season. They won at Lambeau the final week of the regular season, took all that momentum going into this year. We knew they'd have a great offense. We knew they'd probably win the North. That's exactly what they did. The Browns, 20 per, 26% of their payroll is on injured reserve. 
Kevin Stefanski's got Joe Flacco playing like 2012 Joe Flacco for the Ravens. The job he's doing is tremendous. Cleveland's going to make the playoffs. Denton, there's two weeks to go in the regular season, and the Browns still have a chance to get the number one seed in the AFC. What are we doing? This isn't even like a conversation. It's Dan- it's Kevin Stefanski. He's going to win the award. I'd go Dan Campbell in this one. I think there's something to be said about living up to the expectations because, PJ, how often do we set expectations for teams in the NFL and then they fall ridiculously short? Jacksonville is the prime example, right? They were supposed to be they were supposed to be the team that was maybe put a little bit of fear in Kansas City and Cincinnati this year, right? And they've completely fallen short of expectations. So I think there is an element of living up to the hype that needs to be taken into consideration. And then on top of that, there is the potential of them securing the number one seed in the NFC. And between these two teams, I think Dan Campbell has a better opportunity and the Lions have a better opportunity of securing that spot than Cleveland does. So I'll go Dan Campbell here. All right, fair enough. Luke, what do you got for us next? All right, so I'm going to head to the NBA on this one. Would you guys rather have Joel Joel Embiid MVP or Wemby for Rookie of the Year? Ooh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Embiid is plus 150, and Wemby is plus 120 right now currently on BetMGM. I think what makes this this decision so tough is I don't really trust either guy to kind of stay healthy throughout the entire season, or I could see a scenario where the Spurs maybe shut Wemby down a little bit. Like, certainly you want him to develop, but you obviously also know that you're not making the playoffs this season. You're not winning a championship. Like, he's the cornerstone for your franchise, so... I wonder in the final, like, 15, 10 games of the regular season if they just, you know, kind of shut it down a little bit. Chet's obviously been playing great. OKC's towards the top of the Western Conference, so I worry about that. And then Embiid's trying to go back-to-back. He's putting up insane numbers. But we also know that Embiid, there are going to be more times throughout the season where he gets nicked up. He's going to miss two, three games here or there. Jokic is just going to stay steady, Eddie. I think Luka's got a chance. SGA's got a chance. So... I don't know. If you had to make me choose, I'd probably go Embiid back-to-back just because the numbers he's putting up are, are insane. I think Chet's got a real chance to win it over Wembenyami. He's, I mean, he's certainly the favorite right now to do so. So I'd go Embiid, but uh, I, I don't. I, I think it's a good question. I, I could go either way. I would go, I would go Wemby here. And the reason I say that is I think MVP voters are full of themselves is not the right word. But it's a very narrative-based award, and I think there are people that are kind of upset with Joel Embiid. They voted for MVP last year, and then he fizzled out. And while that shouldn't really matter, I don't think that he's going to go back-to-back. I think in order to go back-to-back in the NBA, you have to put up astonishing level of numbers. And a guy that, while Embiid is putting up good numbers, PJ, Jokic still is too. And eventually people are going to circle back around to it. You know, those weird months of January and February do a lot in determining these conversations for who's the front runner for certain awards. I feel more comfortable with Victor Wembanyama because you mentioned right now Chet Holmgren is the uh, is the the betting favorite for rookie of the year. Yeah. We want to talk about injuries. That's another guy that uh, you think you look at and you're like, man, I really hope this guy can stay healthy. So I feel more comfortable with Victor Wembanyama, especially now that Joel Embiid is currently hurt. He's not playing tonight against Orlando Magic. So I feel more comfortable with Victor Wembanyama plus 120. I think another thing too, if you know, the argument to be made for Wembanyama is it's going to be a, a two horse race, right? Like Jaime Hawkins is the next closest guy at 35 to one. He MVP, is balling though, by the M- way. He is balling. MVP can fluctuate, right? I mean, a week could go by and somebody else could jump towards the top. Jaime is balling, and we know Jimmy Butler's probably going to be banged up, and Hero's going to be banged up again, so maybe he jumps up there. 
But uh, that that would be the thing, is it looks like it's going to come down to Wemby and Chet. So we'll see. Luke, that was a good question. What else you got? Going back to the NFL on this one. So right now, if we look at the NFL playoff picture in the AFC and the NFC, we have the Dolphins and the Cowboys both with the, uh, the number two seed. Who do you trust more to win their uh, prospective conferences, the Dolphins or the Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Who do I trust more? <laughs> I mean, I for me, it's easy. Easier, but yeah, as of right now, I mean, it's got to be the Dolphins just because they still have a chance to get the number one seed. Like we know, Dallas isn't going to get the one seed, and I, I don't trust Dallas to go on the road, beat San Francisco, beat Detroit, beat Philadelphia. Like I don't trust them to win three games on the road. They're going to have to likely play Tampa in the first round. So. I like Dallas's team better than Miami. I know that Miami just beat them, but, you know, if Dallas doesn't fumble on the opening drive with their fullback, that game could go a lot different. Um, so I think Dallas is better, but just the way that they're setting up right now, Miami with an opportunity to get the number one seed or certainly the number two seed, I uh, for me, it's it's got to be the Dolphins. Miami is the right answer. I feel like, I know statistically this is not correct, I feel like I have a better chance of hitting the Powerball than Dallas winning two playoff games in 2023. Next question. <laughs> not a believer All in right, Dallas. One last one no. before we get the break. Um, so I got here either the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl is at plus 800 on BetMGM or the Lions winning just the NFC at plus 750. I'd go I'd go the Chiefs. I go the Chiefs. I don't think either is going to happen. That Lions defense ain't getting them to the Super Bowl. It's just not happening. And the J offense is good enough. That defense is Yeah, Jared Goff ain't playing Superman. Patrick Mahomes. He's still he's still that's, Patrick Mahomes. That's exactly I right. Until he's not playing in a Super Bowl, I'm <laughs> I'm not going against him. My thoughts exactly. You got Mahomes and Reed, you got a chance. That Detroit defense not not good enough, but uh, hopefully they can build that over the next couple of years. Love what they're doing in Detroit. That was Wood. You rather Wednesday. Zach By, host of the Drive on Denver Sports Station 1043. The fan going to join us next. Talk about the big news of the day. The decision by the Broncos to bench Russell Wilson. We're going to discuss that with Zach. The top of hour number three, BetMGM tonight. PJ Glasser, Denton Day. We got bowls. We got NBA. We got everything you could want here on the BetQL Network. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.